Right, very good morning to you. Please do sit down. Life is full of decisions. Have you ever stopped to think how many decisions we make just in one day? Just think about it from when you woke up this morning. Think about that moment you got up out of bed, you woke up, walked downstairs, decisions. What are you going to have for breakfast? What are you going to eat? Go upstairs, go to put your clothes on, decisions. What are you going to wear for the day? You prepare to walk out the door and it's more decisions. Is it wellies or shoes? Is it a coat? Is it a welly? Uh, is, it a, uh, is it an umbrella? You don't hold the welly, do you? <laughs> Life is full of decisions, isn't it? There's a university in the States, Cornell University, that have done some research into decisions. Do you know how many decisions they say on average we make every single day? Children, you make a few less. 3,000 decisions, Cornell University, say you will make today. Adults, how many, how many do you think you might make today? It's a lot higher. Higher still. 35,000 decisions Cornell University say that you will make today. If you sleep for seven hours, that means that you'll be making about 2,000 decisions an hour. That means a decision every two seconds, if we're to go with what Cornell say. That'll mean by now you'll have probably decided several times whether you're going to listen to me or not. We are constantly making decisions. And, and that's just the little stuff, isn't it? What about some of the, the bigger decisions we have to make? I'm reading, boys and girls, I'm reading a book that's very boring at the moment. It's, it's a book about David, well, David Cameron's written it, called For the Record. And, and you know, in the, in the introduction, he says he nearly called the book Decisions. Listen to this. David Cameron says, where are we? A prime minister these days is constantly in contact with their office by email, text, and messenger service. It's just gone blank on me. Two secs. And he goes on to say, uh, it is, he's making decisions almost by the minute, he goes on to say. Well, Cornell University would say it's more than that. And boys and girls, as you grow up, you'll realise that there's some really big decisions you'll have to make as well. You'll have to make decisions like what subjects you want to study at GCSE, and, uh, and you'll need to decide what hobbies, what things you want to do in your spare time. All sorts of decisions that we're making all the time. And in the story we're going to look at that Jesus tells this morning, we are going to see that there is one big decision every single one of us has to make. We're going to see it is the biggest decision each and every one of us needs to take. So if, if you've closed your Bibles, open them back up again. Let's, let's see what Jesus says in this story. He, he tells this story. It's, if it's the same page as me, it's page 979, Matthew 13. He says that a, a man goes out and sows good seed in the field. Matthew 13, 24. He goes out and, and sows good seed in the field. But while everyone is sleeping, now I need a bit of participation involvement here. Here's a little lullaby. This is going to help you just to drop off to sleep. So I want you, all of you, not just the boys and girls, I want you to fall asleep to this, to this lullaby. Lots of eyes open. Close your eyes. While everyone is sleeping, his enemy comes amongst them and sows weed amongst the wheat. I can still see some eyes open. Close your eyes. 
the enemy comes in and and while everyone's sleeping no one knows what's going on the the weeds are sown by an enemy and everyone's sleeping no one knows what's going on you can open your eyes again now and and both the weeds and the seeds they start to grow up but no one knows what's happening because if you did what you were told you had your eyes closed and they have no idea until the weeds and the wheat start to sprout. And at that point, people see something is, has gone wrong. So the owner's servant, can you see what, what the owner's servant does? The owner's servants come and say, Sir, didn't we sow good seed in your field? So where then did the weeds come from? And the owner replies, well, they came from an enemy. Or pause there. You might be thinking, what is that all about? What is, what is it that Jesus is trying to say here? Well, do you know what? Really helpfully, in a little bit of the Bible that we didn't read, just over the page, Jesus explains it. So you can go away and look at it. We'll, we'll look at it a couple of points shortly. But the person who sows, in verse 37, it tells us that person stands for Jesus. So you've got someone going and sowing good seed. That person stands for Jesus. And then we've got an enemy going out and, and sowing weeds. In verse 39, it, we see that that enemy is the devil. Do you know what, boys and girls? There are two lies that that'll be really easy to fall into thinking about the devil. Either to think he doesn't exist, there's no such thing as the devil, or we become completely obsessed with him. No, Jesus says there is a real enemy, and he is around doing bad things. So we've got the, the seeds that have been sown, and we've got the weeds that have been sown. Well, what do they stand for? I need a bit of help here. I need two people that have to do nothing more than have this hanging over their shoulders for the next probably five minutes or so. Bryony, well done. I think I could trust a to volunteer. Brilliant. Come and put this over your shoulder. Now, it tells us, in fact, we'll look at this together. Just turn over the page and look down to verse 30, 38. See that it says, the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The, the good seed stands for people, just hold up a little bit, Bryony. The good seed stands for people on Jesus' team. And then it tells us as well that the weeds are the people of the evil one. So I need someone to come and help me again. Can someone come up and put this on? Looks like we've got a volunteer already. Do you want to hold this for us? Are you happy to do that? The string's a bit long for you, sorry. It's going to dangle down a bit. There we go. Can we see that? Well done. Thank you for volunteering without even being asked. Brilliant. So, we've got two teams. We've got Team Jesus and we've got Team Enemy. The Bible says that, or Jesus says that the whole world is split into those two groups. We're either on Team Jesus or we're on Team Enemy. Now, we'd have probably thought, as we heard that story, that we'd have probably thought the good seed stands for good people and the, the weed stands for bad people. Because we like to split people like that, don't we? To the good people and the bad people. We do it at school, don't we? There's the, the naughty boys and girls at school. Boys and girls, you might have heard of the story of the world's worst children. You heard of that story? Here's some of the names of the characters in the world's worst children. 
Brian Wong, who's never wrong. Nigel Nipboy, well, you can guess his problem. Peter Picker, he picks the world's biggest bogey that people get stuck into. And Windy Mindy, I'll spare you the details about Windy. See, we like, we like to think people are either good or bad, and there's the naughty boys and there's the good boys. There's the naughty girls and the good girls. But you know, the Bible says we're, we're a mix of good and bad. If you could have followed me around this week, you'd have seen some good things I did, but you'd have seen some moments. If you asked my children, well, I was pretty grumpy, to be honest with you, especially first thing in the morning. We're all a mix of good and bad. And Jesus says each one of us is on one of two teams. We are either on Jesus' team or we're on team enemy. Now, you might think that sounds outrageous. What a thing to say that some people are on Jesus' team but some people are on team enemy. What an outrageous thing for Jesus to say. But you know, it's not the only time he says it. You could go and look at the end of Matthew 25, and he makes a very similar point. We're either on his team, or we're not. There's no third team where we're, we're sitting on the fence. There's no third team where we're sort of thinking where we might be. We're either on Jesus' team, or we're not. See, there, there are two teams... And there are two futures. Girls, you can go and take a seat. Now, thank you very much. You've done a brilliant job. Just pop those bits of paper there. Thank you. There are two teams, and there are two futures. Today, we're celebrating harvest, aren't we? It's a great time to stop and think of all the good things that God gives us. This is a great little way of us looking visually at all the good things God gives us that we get to enjoy day by day. Why don't you just pause for a moment and think of one good thing that God has given you you enjoy. Let me tell you about one thing for me. Carol takes the mickey out of me for this. This is my homemade granola that's very lovely. It's full of all sorts of good things, good gifts from God. And I wake up in the morning and I get to enjoy this homemade granola every day. There are all sorts of good things that God gives us that it's good for us to remember at harvest. But in our story this morning, we see that the harvest that we celebrate every year is a little pointer to a much bigger harvest that there'll be one day. It's a harvest that'll come at the end of the ages, and it's a harvest not of food, it's a harvest of of people. If you've closed your Bibles, open them back up again, look down at verse 28, we've seen that the enemy sowed these weeds amongst the seeds. The servants then say, well, what should we do? Should we go up and and pull up the weeds? And the man who sowed the good seeds, no, don't do that, verse 29, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until, see it there, the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And when Jesus explains what he's talking about in in the next little chunk, in verse 39, he says the harvest is at the end of the ages, where everybody will be split into one of two places. If you're on Jesus' team, then we can look forward to a wonderful future with him, enjoying more of all the good things he gives us. Or if we're on team enemy, well then, we'll be cut off from Jesus. And we will miss out on all the good things that he gives us. 
two teams, two futures. You see, and, and here's the thing. We, we think of Jesus a little bit like Santa. You know how it works with Santa. Here comes Santa. We, we think Santa, thanks. I'll put that on as well. Thank you. We, we think Jesus is, is a little bit like Santa. You know how it works with Santa? Santa says, you sit on his knee, and, and he says, have you been good this year? That's how it works. And, and we say, yes, I've been very good. And, and then he gives us his gifts, doesn't he? We think Jesus is a little bit like that. If we've been very good, well, then he'll let us into his, his place to be with him forever, enjoying his good gifts. Thanks, Santa. But is that what Jesus says? Is Jesus, does Jesus say, be very, very good, like Santa asks us, and then you'll make it to be with him? Well, let's have a look and see what he says in this story. Look, look again in verse 30. He says, the second sentence, at that time I'll tell the harvesters, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. Do you remember what the wheat stood for? The wheat came up from the good seeds that grew up, and the good seeds were those on Team Jesus. You see, if, if we want to enjoy being with him forever, being in what he, when he says the barn, that's what he means, being with him forever, we need to be on Team Jesus. It's not about being good. So there are two teams, two futures, and for each one of us then, there is one decision to make. Here's, here's the big decision. Among the 35,000 you'll make today, here's the one big decision for each of us to make. Whose team are you on? Whose team are you on? How, how is it that we can come on to being on Team Jesus? Well, we've seen it's, it's not about being good. It's, it's not that. So how is it then we can be on Team Jesus? Well, Jesus in this section of Matthew is telling lots and lots of parables, stories for help to help us to understand what he's like and what his kingdom's like. And, and in the story before, he's just told a parable about a seed laid on different soils. And he mixes his pictures a little bit because the soils represent different people. But the last soil, the last soil represents those who are team Jesus. And look at what it says. Look at verse 23. Here's how to be on Jesus' team. Verse 23. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. See, see what it says about how, how to be on team Jesus? It's number one, as we hear and understand Jesus' words. So let me ask you this. As you're listening to the Bible this morning, as you hear it Sunday by Sunday, what are you doing? Are you listening? Or are you maybe not literally, but in effect, covering your ears and saying, I'm not listening to that. Particularly when he says something a bit outrageous. Jesus says, those on my team hear and understand. They hear what I say and they believe it. They trust in it. But here's the second thing. Did you see it there in verse 23? They produce a crop. See, those on team Jesus don't just listen to what he has to say. They do something about it. 
as we hear Sunday by Sunday about Jesus, it changes us. It, it produces a crop. So as we hear that, that we're meant to be those who forgive each other and, and don't hold grudges, well, if we're going to produce a crop, we'll, we'll do that. As Jesus says, give gladly. Well, do that because those on Team Jesus listen and do what he says. Maybe you're here this morning and you're really not sure which team you're on. We're delighted you're here. We'd love you to keep coming back and to consider for yourself more fully. If that's you, do you know a great thing you could do? This week, we're starting a course called Discover. It's seven weeks, very informally, giving you the opportunity to listen to Jesus. We'd love you to come along and find out more. Do chat to to Richard or I or someone you've come with. Uh, It's this Tuesday, starting at 7.30. Or perhaps you're, you're here this morning and you're, you're convinced you're on Team Jesus. Well, it's good for us, isn't it, to, to be reminded there are just two teams and there are just two futures. See, as we, we look to tell our friends about Jesus, we're not offering them a lifestyle choice. There are two futures for each and every one of us. For those five friends we're, we're trying to pray for as a church, individually, For those five friends, there are two futures for them, a future with Jesus or a future without him. And we've seen that there's an enemy, haven't we? So so we can expect that we'll get a rough ride at times. It won't be always that we'll go up to someone and say, I'd love to tell you a bit about Jesus. And they're there and they say, brilliant, I'd love to hear. There is an enemy that loves to stop us doing that. Boys and girls, as you grow up, you're going to have to do some exams. I'm afraid to tell you you'll have to do it. There's not really a way out of it. I'm 37, and I'm still having to do exams. I did some a few months ago at Theological College. And do you know what I find? Whenever I have an exam coming out, I will find anything else to do but revise. There's lots of nods from the mums and dads. You'll find that as you grow up. You will do anything you can but revise. Suddenly, tidying your room feels a good option. Boys and girls, as you grow up, you'll see it's a bit like that with telling people about Jesus. We will find any other reason to not do it because it feels a bit scary and we're not sure what people might say. But let's remember, there are two teams, Team Jesus, Team Enemy. There there are two futures depending on which team we're on. Team Jesus will look forward to a future we're at forever with him. Team Enemy, a future without Jesus without the good things he gives us. So for each and every one of us, there is one decision to make. Whose team will he be on? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are very clear with us so that we can be certain. Thank you that you are clear that there's just two teams. We're either on your team or we're not. There are two futures, either one with you or one not with you. And I pray, please, for each and every one of us, you would help us to think really carefully which team we're on. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together a wonderful song. The only way we come on to Team Jesus is by God's grace. That's his his kindness to us, his kindness that we don't deserve. So we're going to stand and sing. Amazing grace. Let's stand and sing together.